When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews or the Jewish authorities, Jesus, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. Just as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when Jesus had said this to them, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When Caitlin and I lived in New Jersey, we fell in love with Pennsylvania Dutch markets. Often hidden in unassuming strip malls, these vibrant markets were full of all sorts of different vendors selling the most delicious food. The one closest to us was only open three days a week, though, so we couldn't go much. But when we got the chance, we loved it. We would go to all the different vendors, the butcher, the candy shop, the person making fudge, and we'd pick out a few items that we'd need for the week. And then on the way out, we'd get a very special treat, a pretzel log. We'd watch as they rolled the dough and they'd stuff it with all sorts of unhealthy goodness. And then they'd place it in the oven and our mouths are just watering the entire time. One day after helping a friend move, I was near the market. It was open, and so I swung in for lunch. Instantly, the smell of a pretzel log overflowing with cheese and bacon lured me to the booth. I bought two logs with good intentions. I would eat mine now, and I would have Caitlin's waiting for her when she woke up to go to work. Well, I ate mine on the way home. And then by some irresistible force, the second log called out to me and I couldn't help myself. I knew I shouldn't. I knew it. But I just couldn't help myself. I tore into that other pretzel log faster than the first one and polished it off. I left the bag on the counter. And I proceeded to go study with a full belly. Later that day, when Caitlin woke up for work, a night shift nurse at the time, solely supporting us through seminary, mind you, she saw the bag. She asked if I went to the market. And if so, why didn't I bring her back something? A rush of guilt came over me. I told her every excuse I could think of. I didn't know what you would want. I wasn't sure that they would have what you liked. And she saw through my every excuse. She walked over to the counter. She picked up the bag. She put it in the trash and simply said, we both know you're wrong. but I forgive you. 
The resurrected Jesus says to his disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. For most of us, forgiveness, it's a nice idea. It's something that we really want to practice, but we also know that it's really hard. And if we're honest, we don't always know exactly how to do it or even really what it is. Forgiveness is not just forgetting what took place. We don't suddenly stop remembering the hurt that's happened to us or the hurt that we've caused. We may pretend to. But the harm will reappear, likely causing as much hurt as the first time around. Forgiveness isn't wrapping ourselves in bandages of time waiting until the wounds have scarred. Sometimes that helps. But there is hurt that we can cause, there is hurt that we can receive, that time alone cannot heal. Forgiveness is more than the passing of hours, days, and months. And forgiveness isn't merely the words, I forgive you. It has to be more than that. It also has to be action on both the forgiver and the sinner. So back to the pretzel log story. It sounds like such a small example, but there Caitlin was working night shift, supporting her husband so that he could go to class and talk with friends and read and write papers 24-7, and he took from her the one thing that would have brightened up her day as she drove 45 minutes to a job that she did not like. And yet, she did not scold me. She did not punish me or demand that I go get her another pretzel log, all things that she was in the right to do. Instead, she gave up those rights. She gave up those rights, and that's the first action required in forgiveness. After she gave up her rights, she gave me notice of my sin. We both know you're wrong. She said to me in a calm, almost sly manner. She didn't pile on the guilt. She didn't yell, how dare you buy two pretzel logs, eat them both with my money which was true. She simply told me what I did was wrong. I shouldn't have eaten both pretzel logs. She gave me notice. That's the second action required in forgiveness. Finally, she gave me a gift, namely love, when I didn't deserve it. And she expected nothing in return. Like a tool, she used forgiveness to put back together our fractured relationship that I had severed with my selfish sin. And that's what forgiveness is. It's giving up rights. It's giving notice. 
and it's giving gifts. It's a tool that rebuilds what's been broken. And we see and experience this sort of forgiveness best in Jesus Christ. Becoming flesh, becoming incarnate, he gave up his rights. As Philippians 2 says, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, assuming our likeness, and being found in appearance as a human, he humbled himself and became obedient Obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And it's there on the cross that he gave notice of our sins because that's what put him there. Not his own. His life and death full of mercy and justice and love, what it really does is show the depth of our own sin and the sin around us. He gave notice. And yet it's from the cross and in his resurrection that he gave gifts. Gifts of grace, of hope, of life eternal when we deserved none of it. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yet as much as we could sin, so much does Jesus forgive. Always has, always will. Yet for some of us, I would imagine that you have experienced more serious sins than a stolen pretzel log. You've been hurt in ways or you have been hurt too many times that you are unsure if you can forgive it all. After all, we aren't Jesus. Walt Wongren is a theologian, an author, a novelist, and he puts this problem this way. This is the human predicament. He says, we are able to sin infinitely against one another, but we are able to give to forgive only finitely. Left to ourselves alone, our forgiveness will run out long before the sinning does. Because we are not able to forgive equal to another's sinning. Not when such giving is required and we feel that it must come from us solely. We aren't able to forgive as much as we are able to sin. Thankfully, forgiveness is not just a tool able to put ruptured relationships back together, but forgiveness is a power tool with a source of power that comes from outside of ourselves. It's not all up to us. Receive the Holy Spirit, Jesus said to the disciples as he filled their lungs with his very presence, and it's that, that's the power, the true source that enables us to forgive the sins of others as much or as like Jesus as we can. It's the Holy Spirit dwelling in us that makes known Jesus' limitless forgiveness for you. No matter the mistakes you've made, the choices you chose, or the hurt you've caused, Jesus is the well of forgiveness that never runs dry. 
And once you know that, once you have experienced that balm for your sin-sick soul, you are able to share that forgiveness with your spouse, your friend, your parent, your child, your neighbor, maybe even your enemy. To be clear, when Jesus commissions the disciples and us to forgive or retain sins, he doesn't make us divine agents able to produce forgiveness that puts a relationship between God and that person back together. That's not our job. Only Jesus does that, and it's already been done. That's why when we start worship with a confession in forgiveness— During the absolution, when I stand up to say, you are forgiven, I am just declaring the forgiveness. I don't produce it. I get to tell you the good news that all of your sins are forgiven, but it's Christ who's already done the work. The forgiveness that Jesus commissions us for is the forgiveness that reconciles relationships between people between us, between individuals. There are other types of forgiveness to be sure. Forgiveness between races or institutions or nations, but that's another sermon for another time. For this sermon, it's enough to say that like the disciples, we too have been given all that we need to forgive. Whether we do it or not, though, whether we forgive or retain sins, that part's up to us. And the good news, or maybe the bad news, depending on how you look at it, is that ultimately God forgives all sin and reconciles all things to God's self anyways, whether in this life or in the life to come. So why retain them? Why hold on to it? Instead, let me offer a piece of advice. Give them a pretzel log. Instead of retaining the sins, offer a pretzel log. Use that power tool of forgiveness and repair what's been broken. Amen.